0: the Lucky Mojo Food, Food Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. I am your announcer, Evan Lionheart of EvanLionheart.com in New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, and this week's very special guest miss robin of robinsmojo.com in northern california bringing us the topic of when spells go wrong together they will take your calls and offer advice to address ameliorate and remediate your questions and problems about love money career and spiritual protection using traditional african-american folk magic practices of hoodoo conjure or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time you can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat?
1: Hi. How are you
2: doing, Evan Lionheart? <laughs> How are
1: things in your
2: world? Uh, things right now are a little wet but very
0: vernal as uh, the grass is springing right out of the ground and uh, inviting a nicer time of the year I'm looking forward to uh, spring unfolding but um, I'm overall doing very well thank you miss cat how are you
1: um I'm Super busy. I don't know what happened, but um, more people want readings than ever before. And I said last week is probably because of the stimulus payout. But in the meantime, I'm also hard at work on one of two books I'm preparing for the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, September 11th and 12th. So book number one is Down Home Sex Magic, and book number two is a collaboration with Dr. Jeremy Weiss on a uh, library of occult classics revision and enlargement of the well-known, well-loved, and out-of-print book, um, Terrors of the Evil Eye Exposed. So we are going to be bringing it back and and working on it. But I've been working on down-home sex magic, which means that my Patreon Uh, account for all of my patrons who have signed up, is, is kind of crunching against my book work. So I've decided that this week, the patrons are going to get advanced PDFs of pages of the book on sex magic, and that will be their little treat. <laughs> so, and we're also putting together the priority mailboxes filled with the vintage catalogs and magazines um, having to do with herbalism and, and other fun, just fun ephemera. And for those who've signed up for the larger boxes, they're going to get all kinds of three-dimensional goodies, whatever those may be, including books. And uh, those who signed up for the flat ephemera get flat ephemera. So we're going to be working on that, and that will be going out um, right around the first of the month. We seem to always have that little lag there, a couple of days lag. So if you're a patron, look forward to your box. It'll be strangely interesting, as always. That's what we've been doing. And the the book on Down Home Sex Magic is um, going to be a, a... How can I put this nicely? It, of course, will include many spells. There will be many, many, many spells on sex magic. But there's also going to be a little bit of the old um, sexology advice for people who might pick up this book thinking that a spell is going to help them when they really need a doctor's appointment. (laughs) Um, And there's also going to be some spiritual uh, hint and advice. So it's going to be a fairly well-rounded book. It's not just a book of um, put part A and part B and rotate. So that's what I've been up to.
3: I've to rotate, she said.
1: Very.
3: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: took you a moment to figure out what I was saying. It, yeah. it took a second, but I went, oh, that's
3: good, that's good.
1: Yeah. Uh, so how have you been, Contra Man?
3: I'm doing quite well. Uh, busy as usual. Like you said, you uh, very accurately said the stimulus check and brought in some really, uh, you know, a big influx of reading. Uh, so I've been doing that very, very uplifting reading so far, which has been kind of nice. I think after the uh, several months of very kind of grim readings, not all bad, but there was an element of like managing expectations, right? As, as I felt like there was a, we were just, anyone who did any sort of reading was managing expectations and playing the way to games like yeah look I know jobs don't look very good right now but this is what we're looking at and so things are turning around quite nicely and the kind of, sort of tone in the readings and the tone in the clients are are definitely shifting and lots and lots and lots of love readings and asking am I going to find my soulmate this this year um, If I been I've been lo- without love for this long will it will it change so that's been kind of nice and I always enjoy doing readings where It's about helping people get their their life and act together and really find success and happiness. Far more than I enjoy doing readings of like, you know, I need to go on spiritual warfare, help. I do that work and I do it quite well, but I do love the uplifting readings. It brings a nice change of tone. So that's been what I've been up to. So I'm very happy with that. But I'm super, super thrilled uh, with our, our guest today. I'm very excited to have her on so very much looking forward to chatting with Ms. Robin.
1: Yes, Ms. Robin, welcome to the show.
3: Welcome, thank welcome.
1: You. Thank you, thank you. I'm just it's like so you good both. to have you here. Um, you're not on this show as often as I would wish, but I'm so glad to have you here. And um, I'd like, first rare of all, treat. for those who don't know you, um, Ms. Robin is just a wonderful root worker and natural psychic reader. Um, What's been going on in your world? What have you been working on? I know, I'm not going to try to anticipate here, but I know that you were on the organizing committee for the 2021 Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Yes, and that's
2: a lot on my plate in trying to bring the best virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival um, this year for everyone, and for everyone to enjoy. And uh, I mean, this year is going to be so dynamic with the guests that we have and and the things that you're doing in your book, Down Home Section Magic. I can't wait to even read it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're not typing fast enough. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, other than that, like you said, I've been getting a lot of uh, people wanted to know about jobs, uh, uh, their love life, or
4: mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. fighting
2: for this one man. I've been getting a lot of those. Oh, God. Uh, so, uh, but it's it's been uplifting, and a lot of my ladies have been uplifting and um, not wanting to do such drastic things, and,
1: and I, that really brings the joy to my heart. Well, well, I just want to to say one more thing about the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. What you told me is that the site, the HoodooHeritageFestival.com site, will be updated to reflect the new festival. I mean, because we do this every year, we update it. That will be on April 1st, and tickets uh, will go on sale May 1st. Is that correct? Oh well, wow. yes, that is correct. All right. So start um, saving up your little uh, pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, 50-cent pieces, and dollars <laughs>
4: <laughs> now.
1: And uh, set them aside under your big lodestone. And um, and then later you will wrap them in a piece of paper saying, Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and mail them <laughs> to Ms. Robin or somebody. <laughs> now, we, I, we'll just be selling the tickets online. But um, we want everyone to get um, ready for it. It's going to be a wonderful festival. We have a a lineup of great people. And um, in addition to the ones I just mentioned, um, Conjurman is going to be working at the festival doing a workshop on protection magic and from around the world. And um, Papa G., who's been a guest on this show many times, and many people know Papa G, he will be doing a book on amulets, charms, and talismans. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that's going to be wonderful. And um, uh, we do have in book and Lionheart. Yeah. Oh, and Evan Lionheart, that's right. Evan Lionheart Mm -hmm. will be doing a workshop on astrology in conjunction with a book that's our first e-book that will be put out by deacon millet and so it's, there's a lot going on and um people have asked for ebooks for a long time so this is going to happen and speaking of deacon millet i just want to uh, put a shout out also to him to evan and to others who have worked on the hoodoo psychics newsletter there will be a new uh a newsletter coming up that will have all kinds of um spells and and uh ideas in it both for passover which is happening right now and for easter and so there's there's a lot of magic around both of those holidays and there are um articles on both of them in the hoodoo psychics newsletter that's upcoming if you don't get the hoodoo psychics newsletter just go to hoodoopsychics.com com and um, sign up for it it's completely free And you can also learn about the readers who are there uh, online. All right. Well, we do have an echo, and I think other people are hearing it too. And um, what I've heard is that it is Ms. Robbins' connection. So we may have to mute her and have her call back um, or have her change headset or something because it's echoing very strongly right now. Do other people hear that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Just, <laughs> yeah, we've got to fix better? Uh, we've got to fix Miss Robin's phone. It's echoing. Is this it it better? better? Okay. Um, say, I, just say, ear, I disconnected my earpiece. That's fine. All right. Well, let me say something. Yeah, now it's not echoing. Okay. I'm telling you, folks, if you're going to be on the radio, these headsets, earpieces, speaker phones, they always go down dark alleyways and end up murdering the sound. <laughs> Technology uh, you, can't, live with it. can't live without it. <laughs> yeah, Tony I says better. It's getting better. Okay, yeah. Um, thanks, Tony. Um, all right. Well, we have a topic uh, today, and the topic is when spells go wrong. Now, I'm going to do a little introduction to this, and then I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Robin. So when spells go wrong can mean different things to different people. Um, One thing that it can mean is that you do a spell for love and the person ends up hating you. Uh, Another one is that you can do a spell for love and end up catching your house on fire. There's different kinds of wrong, in other words. Mm -hmm. There can be a, a spell for love... The guy loves you and turns out to be an absolute shit on wheels and wrecks your life, steals all your money out the bank, beats you black and blue, and runs off with the bartender. Was that the spell going wrong, or was that you persisting (laughs) in a spell that wasn't right for you? So there are many ways that spells can go wrong. There's the idea that spells might backfire, that if you ask for one thing, a jokingly sarcastic mean-spirited god will flip it on you and you ask for health and you die right yeah oops did you pray to the wrong god or did you do the spell wrong or was that something else that wasn't a spell going wrong do people blame spells and say the spell went wrong when actually they were asking for the wrong thing they were trying to Remedy something with magic that should have been remedied with medicine or psychotherapy. There are many reasons that spells go wrong, and there are many definitions of what it means. So having said my piece, I'm going to turn this over to Ms. Robin.
2: Well, I agree with you in everything that you said when spells go wrong for love. A lot of times people have, and this happens to me a lot that women come to you and they're fighting over the same man. The other person has a practitioner. The other person might have another practitioner. I just had one today where it was like three women fighting over one man, and everybody Mm -hmm. had a practitioner and was working. So what happens is a lot of times it's not the spell going wrong. It's too many people throwing too much stuff at the universe for one person.
4: Mm-hmm. And everybody's
2: supposed to think their practitioner is stronger than the other one. It doesn't work that mm-hmm. But that's not making it that the spell is going wrong. It makes it that everybody is fighting for the same thing in the universe, and only one mm-hmm. person win. A lot of times people say that the spell has gone wrong is when they have negative energy from the beginning, and I, I i' this is this is i'm gonna do a little story cat if if you don't mind, and this happened. Mm-hmm. To go Kat. ahead Cat did a spell for me, and i she did not know I was so far away from her, I was hundreds of miles away from her, and I was so angry at that person that morning i mean first i, I almost burnt down
1: her shop. From one candle. hmm I remember it well. It was a cut-in-clear spell on a man named George. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, I, I will always that. remember it. That was one of the most terrifying moments I ever had. Um, we had a, you know, a glass encased vigil candle is about eight and a half inches tall, and imagine twenty-four inches of flame on top of that. Flame shooting up in the air. It was awful. But I'll tell the rest of the story if you don't. No, so okay, when I call, okay. when I called up Miss Robin, and I said something's gone terribly wrong with your cut and clear spell. We had to put it out. We had to put a metal plate on it to to kill the fire, right? And she goes, "What cut and clear spell?" And I said, "The one you asked me to do on George." And she goes, "Oh, we made up." <laughs> no, 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 not that day. I was angry. Remember? Yeah. I
2: said, "Oh, I was I was very, very angry at him that day." Yeah. Very, very angry.
1: And that's but, probably But the when she, but then when I put it out, you said, "Oh no, don't bother lighting it again. I'm okay with him now." And Yeah, I, so, said
2: I was okay with him dealing with him, but I wasn't with him anymore. But the whole point yeah. was I had when she lit it and I didn't even know she was like I had mm-hmm. negative energy mm-hmm. and that negative energy went into that spell that she mm. was through. And what that's saying is sometimes if you have a negative energy, a client can have a negative energy about the whole situation and a worker is working for them and it goes haywire and you don't know why it's going haywire. It's because the client has the negative energy. And you, and then they say, oh, the spell went wrong. No, it's your negativity that made the spell go wrong.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And so doing mm-hmm. a doing a cursing spell for a root worker who's already cursing can multiply the effects.
4: In other words,
1: mm-hmm. it looked to me like the spell went wrong, but the spell just basically gave her all yeah. she wanted and more. She really did want to cut and clear with him, but she was ready to burn the house down at the same time. That's how angry she was. So right. yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, you've got to be, take a gauge of your client, that's for sure. I'll never mm-hmm. forget that one That was because I thought, what have I done? But she was like, "Oh no, I want him dead." <laughs> she was out there. She made up with him, though, right? I mean, you, you, you got to yeah, be.: we're, Okay, we're good friends, we're good friends now, but that's, that's
2: another story. But that's another whole, story, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> is another thing is when people are fighting and, and they sit up there fighting over the same person, that's another way where spells go so wrong. Now, I wanted to take a step back on not going for so much as the love spills, is when we're doing people are doing black work, dark work mm-hmm. when they're doing spells. A lot of times people use uh playing with Ouija boards or or uh they're playing with the mirror scarab mirrors or candles or whatever, and they're using them as like parlor tricks. But Mm -hmm. we don't know what kind of door you can open and definitely don't know how to close.
4: Mm
2: -hmm. Doing dark magic is very scary when you really don't know what you're doing. A lot of people just read things out of a book or... They just sit up there and get something off of the internet, and a lot of times they don't tell you everything on that internet of how to go with a spell. Exact. You everything is is that you you have to practice. Just like making a cake, you have to practice until you get it perfect Okay, and that's what is happening with with spells. When you're doing dark spells. You need to be somebody that knows what they're doing, or even sometimes some workers like myself one time gets a little cocky and forget to do steps and can make habits not only on themselves but probably on the client. Mm -hmm. So sales can go wrong in all
1: oh. We lost Robin. No. Nope. Nope. Oh, oh, Robin, yeah. we can't hear you, so you're going to have to um, okay, fix your mic you or call, call back in. Oh, there can we you go. There we can hear you hear me, Yes, okay. now we can. Okay. It's
2: not what you're doing. It's how are you doing. it? Mm-hmm. And what mm. energy that you're putting into it. That is a lot of what doing a good spell is. But when you're doing it wrong... And getting careless, that thing can backfire on you real seriously. And I really, mm-hmm. I really with doing uh, spells going wrong in dark magic, is really scary because you don't know what portal you open, what doors you done open. If you're dealing mm-hmm. with spirits, or if you're dealing with demons. And mm-hmm. I have, I, I, I had when I was younger, before. I came really into my magic. I was about uh, 14, 15. And mm-hmm. I was very upset with my mom because she would not let me go to a party, okay? Mm-hmm. I started panting inside her room. My uncle was sitting on one side. My mother was sitting on the other. All of a sudden, when my uncle was sitting, the room became very, very cold.
4: Mm-hmm. And my
2: uncle was saying, Well, do you hear the heat on Kathleen? It's cold up in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's room temperature. That day after I left I opened up a door and unleashed a demon on my mother and I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. That
1: demon followed all through the house. Well, cousin Joshua just brought up something about this in the chat. He was talking about Um, the question about divining on a subject before you start the spell. Mm -hmm. And he also mentioned that people who work with ancestors and perhaps work unconsciously with ancestors Mm -hmm. often have this unpredictability, which is what you're talking about, where you didn't quite prepare yourself for what you were doing. And Mm. I have found that it really helps, if you're new at this work, to find a reader who will just tell you uh, through a reading what is the kind of work you should be doing rather than just like you said, look it up on the internet and just start mixing chemicals together in your lab. You know what I mean? Blow the lab up. People, um, young chemists do that and sometimes blow their hands off. Well, the same thing can happen with spell work. But you are particularly right It is more likely to happen if you're doing dark work because there are wicked spirits who just Mm -hmm. sit around laughing and would like nothing more than to mess you up, and they will. Whereas if you're doing healing work, it's less likely to backfire because angels aren't that kind of beings. They don't come Mm -hmm. in and say, how can I mess up the incision on this guy? They go, how can I heal it? But if you're trying to hurt, you'll get hurtful spirits, and they may be, um, you know, not the nicest. What's your experience with this, Contra Man? What do you have to say?
3: Yeah, I haven't had a lot of spells go awry, but some have every once in a while. It's not too common. But the way that I've seen it, there's sort of four things that cause things to go wrong. First of all, magic doesn't randomly go wrong. I should should be clear about that, because we do get some weird... Ideas like, oh, I cast a love spell and my granny died. But no, that you didn't cause your granny to die. You know, that's not that's not what happened. You get some weird, I think, uh, fear mongering. I should say, scaring about magic. Every time you do magic, you know, you don't, you never know what the consequences are. Hollywood bullshit, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you see mm-hmm. it a lot, right? But there are there are times where things go wrong, and for me, they come down to four things, and these are these are what I call the four pillars of fuck up. The four, four things that can just make things go wrong. The first is, it's a matter of clarity. Were you clear in your intention about what you want? And this is utterly crucial. Magic is guided by intent. If you're doing a love spell, but your intent is to harm, you're angry, like Miss Robin pointed out, right? The attitude that you bring into it, the mindset that you bring into it, the clarity of your purpose... If there's something confused, that's when you're going to see things end up in weird places. Oh, I've been doing reconciliation spells for three months and nothing's happening. I'm like, all right, tell me about it. Every time I light the candle and and I think about the times we fight and I think about all the things he said to me. And I'm like, oh, that's your problem right there. (laughs) You're lighting lighting love and sweetness candles and you're sitting there angry and fussing in your soul and spirit.
1: So Mm -hmm. clarity of what you Mm -hmm.
3: want, the attitude that you bring in. Two, you're using the wrong thing. You're using the wrong spell. Client comes up to you. I get this one probably the most. I did this honey jar, but it's not working. Okay, what would you put in the honey jar? We'll put red peppers in it. Okay, well, you're already kind of a con- little bit of a confused there. There's ways of heating up the honey jar. There's ways of heating up the love. But you're out there taking this hot-headed man and putting even more fire on top of it. So the wrong spell, sloppiness, this plays a big factor, factor here. You've got to, got to know what you're doing what you're reaching for, so you have to, there's no, this knowledge component, the attitude component to it, the intention component, the knowledge component. Don't use the wrong spell. I want to bring back my sweet lover, but I've been doing this love me and die jack ball, and it's not working. Okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on a minute. And Cat and 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 Mr. Robin, you guys can attest to this, right? How many times do you have a client who's like, he's really really pissed at me, and I want him to come back, sweet. Let's do the tranquil spirit. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> You're not I'll gonna bring them back sweet and sweet and loving if you sent out this pissed off spirit after them. And then the third is what I call spiritual interference, what Ms. Robin was talking about when there's an entity that's involved. Spiritual interference can be another root worker is involved, the wrong spirit, you've unleashed something, you've called in the wrong power, or there's this entity or power or force already involved, whether living, dead, ancestral, demonic, angelic, etc. That can cause things. And then the fourth is what I consider the lightest. It's the least important in my opinion, but it still matters, and that's timing. Timing doesn't mean that if you do it at the wrong time, your spell is immediately going to fail. If you do a love spell at night or when the hands of the clock are declining or when Venus is in, in detriment, it's not going to immediately mean that your spell will fail. But it is you, and Kat gave this analogy once, which I thought was the best analogy about t- this timing thing, and I still use it to this day. It's like barbecuing in the rain. You can do it, <laughs> okay. but, but you might get a little bit wet in the process, Right. So this mm-hmm. is this is what you're kind of dealing with. Timing is not as important. You don't have to wait for Venus to enter into Pisces before you do any love spell, but it is something to pay attention to, and it can cause a little bit of weird hijinks if you're not focused on it. But for me, these four components.
1: That's a that's a wonderful summation, and um, I I have to say that. Um, When a person has fear about a spell going wrong, they often will focus on timing. Uh, They they say, well, what if I do it at the wrong time? They Mm -hmm. don't usually think about interference, but it very often is a a cause. They don't, that's not as often, it's more a root worker who would notice that. Yeah. Um, And uh, number two, using the wrong tool, the wrong spell, this is a beginner's mistake, not so much a fearful mistake, but, you know, we all know examples of this, you know, I put my lover's name in the freezer, why are they cold to me? it mm-hmm. yeah, what mm-hmm. oh well i just wanted to i just wanted to stop my lover from from calling me a bad name so i put them in the freezer and now they don't love me well that was the wrong yep. tool the wrong exactly. spell
3: exactly very much a
1: beginner's thing and then the clarity of intention this is not so much a beginner's problem because often beginners don't they skip that step completely They they don't even have an intention. They don't even think about what they really want. And when you talk to them about it, as a reader, I'll say, uh, you know, I'll talk to a client and she'll call me up and she goes, I'm so done with him. I hate him so much. I just, I need something to just cut and clear. And And not only that, I want the law to come down his ass. I want him in jail.
2: I Mm -hmm. want this. You know, she goes
1: on on and on and on like that. And then I say, okay, I think I can work up a spell for you like that. And she goes, why is he doing this? I love him so much.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you yeah, go, Where, yep. what did we
1: just spend that last half hour talking about?
4: <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> I get that all yeah. the time.
2: This is another yeah. thing that I, I, I have a pet peeve. is when a lot of clients call you, they have dealt with this worker, this root worker. But everybody is dealing in different types of mm-hmm. magic
4: yeah oh, but yeah, they yep.
2: really cross you up some were doing, yeah. they might get a uh, a person might be doing Santa Maria, another person might be doing a yes. might yeah. be doing Houdou, yep. another person might be doing something with Wicca, and they just get these people at random, but they never ask what they practice,
1: mhm, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and not That's only that. One. And not good only one. that Miss Robin, they will then have one person doing bringing the law down on the guy and they'll have the other person sweetening him yes. and one yes. will be, you know, calling on isis from the ancient egyptian pantheon <laughs> yep, and yep, the other will yep. be you know calling on some ancestor of war i mean it's mm-hmm. just you're just going to go what the hell is going on over that person you know
4: right they, and they don't right. notice then, it they
1: will they will hire all and then they say magic doesn't work
3: yeah. well this is a classic case of a person who's like doing everything wrong lack of clarity and spiritual interference right you have got all <laughs> these chefs in the kitchen you like, you're sitting there and you're going, "Why are my candles not working?" Oh, well, that's right, because there's six other people that are doing completely different work on this one poor person, right? And you've got yeah. the lack of clarity because they don't know what they exactly want. This actually ties into the road-opening conversation we had was it last week or the week before. The pandemic mm-hmm. that timeline is all confused here. But remember when we talked about road-opening and how sometimes when you ask for the roads to be open when you do blog posting, things kind of go, you just open up, you, you throw that stick of dynamite. This is where that clarity really matters. Essential. if you don't know what you're asking for, then you're going to end up with weird results, right? You can't just you can't have that lack of focus and so the clarity or the intention is the driving force of the root work. Because magical work, maybe the results will be in something completely different because your intention was headed differently. The roots are going to do what they're going to do. The spirits are going to hear what they're going to hear. Things will happen, right? But the question mm-hmm. is are you, ready for, are you ready for them to happen? Were you clear mm-hmm. about what you truly wanted from that person? You tell right. these, you, know, you know, you tell these. I really love this person and, I, and I, I want them to be in my life forever. But in actuality, you want them to apologize. You want exactly right. a little bit of vengeance. There's an element of pride. Where is the, what is it you really want? So I always tell clients, before you even think of reaching for that candle, take 24 right. to 48 hours and think it through. Write it down. Literally write it down. This is what I want, Mm -hmm. and then come back to that piece of paper and look at it again. Is it still what you want four hours from now, or is it something else now? The next day, is that really what you want?
1: uh, There's another factor which... it does not cause spells to go wrong. It's not one of the four pillars of fucking up, but it is a, an outside kind of loose cannon thought that happens. And this is being raised in a culture or around people who have a programmatic, possibly religious, or possibly mm-hmm. plot-driven Uh, impulse to show people that magic doesn't work. Now, what I mean by plot-driven is the comedic magic story, uh, and I'm sure we've all seen situation comedies built around this, and also Mm -hmm. movies, in which the you know, there's a the whole thing is sort of comedically anti magic, but the the magician can never quite do things right. The the love magic always backfires. So that's plot driven. Then there's hierarchically religiously driven in which the person grew up in a religion or converted to a religion in which all magic was done Theurgically, in other words, with the god 's mm-hmm, approval mm-hmm. on the god 's altar by the god 's ordained and licensed priest who's usually male I'm mm-hmm. there, right i 'm just trying to tell it like it is
4: yes and nope, so true, true.
1: that then there's that fear that if you go outside that hierarchical line, um, mm-hmm. you will be punished by the vengeful God. Um, or the devil will be loose or some opponent god will snatch Mm -hmm. you up um, because all magic has to do with deals with the devil in these particular belief systems. So like Faust, you end up, you know, whatever, it's bad, bad for you. So those beliefs are very hard for me as a root worker to work around. I usually say to those people, just go back. Go back, be at peace, no magic will be done on your behalf. Pray how you would like to pray, good luck, see you later. Because in particular, and I'm not trying to single out any one religion, but in particular, Jehovah's Witness and... (laughs) um, And, and and Pentecostal, some of them, Church of God in Christ is one, people who were raised in those, or in some of those non-denominational Christian churches, they come to magic out of interest and desire and need, but they come bearing these terrible yeah. fears. Now, yeah, yeah. there is, a, if you want to play proof texting with Christians, um, a great old... Baptist hobby. Um, you can always start <laughs> quoting Matthew seven. Just go look up Matthew seven. I hope someone puts it in the chat. Um, if you ask your father for a fish, will he give you a stone? Um, mm-hmm. Matthew seven mm-hmm. ha- has through ten um, has a. a, a Ma- excuse me, Matthew seven, 7 ten. I believe is what it is. Chapter seven, seven through ten has a lot of information which you can use as a root worker to take that harsh fear off of people if they were raised in that religion. Of course, it won't take it off of other people, but it'll take it off of Christians. They'll sometimes kind of blink their eyes and go, oh, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, But there is that, that they've been told that they're, what they're doing is so wrong that the result must of necessity be wrong. I say that all the time. I tell them, I say,
2: you know, when we do it, it's Magic is bad and all that. But if you look in the book, if Moses did it, it was a miracle. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Magic is all through the Bible if you really look at it.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, mm-hmm. one of the most successful things that religious traditions have done is determine what other people do is magic, and what they do is miracles or the work of God. Hmm. Every religious tradition has some form of divination. Every religious tradition has some form of miracle magic work. There's all, it's all there, but what they've done successfully is convinced that it, anything that exists outside the order, as Ms. Cat very rightly put, right, is fear-inducing, mm-hmm. bad, evil going to lead you into darkness and that really can mess people up when they're doing them this is and and it's picked up in our cultural entertainment and whatnot and this is what i mean when i say um there is a hollywood sort of depiction of magic that you do you've you got to be careful you like that candle mm-hmm. you never know what can happen you never know you know, you're, you're asked for money and your grandma died, that type of thing. That, you see that a lot. And that type of thing, I, you spend some time with clients unpacking it. That can really, really mess you up. It's not because the magic is going to do evil things and enact its punishment. Or you have to pay some type of spiritual price for the work that you're doing. Give up your first child in order to get the success you're looking for. No, no, it's your own fear. You're going in and you're asking the universe to grant you something, but at the same time, you're asking it from a poisoned heart. You're, at, you're putting in that power of fear into the work that you're doing, and that can really interfere with it. It's not going to cause all things to go wrong, but you're, you won't get the results you want. You just, you'll ask the universe, you'll ask God, the creator, I really want this job. But you're terrified in the process that somehow you're going to have to give up your firstborn or, or you're going to have to sell your soul or whatnot. And then the universe doesn't answer and you go, oh, of course, magic was fake all along. It's just sort of... Self-fulfilling failure, I call it. Self-fulfilling failure. But it does stem from this deep, deep-seated fear. One of the, the, the greatest approaches to ensuring that your magic works is oh, come in with an open mind, open heart, and then to let the universe take over. Let God take over. Hand it over, and what happens, mm-hmm. happens. And you'll be surprised at the results you get and how quickly things manifest.
1: I just had to jump in. I gave the wrong text. I said Matthew seven seven to ten, and it's Matthew thirteen seven to ten. And about uh, six people, including Miss um, Michael <laughs> and Evan, corrected me. So just want to make sure that was right. Um, mm-hmm. And as I said, if you if if you ask for um, a fish, would he give you a stone? But it's if you ask for a fish, would he give you a snake, a serpent? Mm-hmm. I, my memory. Even but better. then it also says, if you ask for bread, will he give you a stone? So it's I got to kind of. Twisted. Sorry, folks. I'm I'm not as good a Christian Mm -hmm. as I am a Jew. (laughs) (laughs) The fantastic verse. The fantastic verse. Well, let's let's talk about another thing about spells going wrong. Um. Um. Oops. No. Now she now Sheba says it wasn't Matthew 13 after all. It was. (laughs) Damn, folks. Um, okay, try Matthew 7, 7 to 10. That's what I said originally. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I had. <laughs> Miss my says that's all right. She's so kind to me. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, boy, cognitive dissonance says onyx rose. All right, I'll never try to do proof texting on live on live radio <laughs> ever again. I apologize seven times from Sunday. All right. Yeah, yeah, so you another were thing about, you were, you were another thing right about spells. Matthew going seven wrong. through ten. What'd you uh-huh.
3: say? I said you were originally right. It is Matthew. 7 I was or 10.
1: originally right.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. Which <laughs> of <laughs> you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish.
4: <laughs> that's we'll it. Give him a I point. was there right. You go. Well you were right. <laughs> you know
1: I'm sorry. That's you know, that's because as a as a Jew I'm so worried about getting Christian scripture wrong. I let everyone <laughs> lead me around the bushes. All right. I apologize again. Anyway, another thing about getting spells wrong is what just happened. Saying something wrong. People Mm, are so worried about saying something wrong. Was my petition written correctly? Did I, if I write my petition wrong, if I say the wrong piece of scripture, you know, will the house fall on me? You know, will the devil come up out of the floorboards? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. This is... um, uh, has a lot to do with cultural gatekeeping. You know, you must do it the right way or else. Don't give this deity that food or drink. Don't um, address these words to that deity. And get cultural gatekeepers have long traditions and which you should probably follow well and study before you speak them on the radio because you don't want to be a fool. But, um, but there are also what I call... Um, protective um, wiggle room if the deity, saint, ancestor spirit that you are appealing to calling on for intercession or serving in some way is a kindly spirit well, you know, they'll let you get by with wording something wrong they'll let yeah. you um, they'll let you let screw it around, up a little bit they won't come down on you and say you didn't cross your t's and dot your i's in the Mm -hmm. right order and therefore instead of a boyfriend i'm going to give you typhoid
3: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. that's
1: just not that's just not the way it usually works there are
3: there are deities that have that reputation
1: though i'm sorry go ahead
3: I there. A, I see this a lot with Bible verses too. Have you ever heard this? Like where they, oh, I mispronounced this when I was reading this psalm, or I mis-said this thing. There's a deep fear of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. do you really think God's gonna flip out because you said protection funny? <laughs> well yeah. The
2: thing is the herbs. Putting mm-hmm. wrong herbs. Uh, they have a fear. Well, I don't have no herbs. Does this? So I substitute this. Is that okay?
1: I get that a lot too. Mm-hmm. yes well and there there are limits there are traditional limits you know um there there are reasons that cultures differ from one another, and cultural gatekeepers are useful people um, mm-hmm. they are there to keep the culture uh whole and keep its integrity. There are people though who will say things like oh, because a white rose is used for new love and a blackberry is in the rose family and it has white flowers, I'm going to use these blackberry thorns and stems for love. And mm. there are people within the tradition who would say, no, no.
2: Blackberries
1: mm-hmm. are are not the same as roses functionally, they, 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 magically. They are not the same. And there are... Books There are teachers, and there are people you can go to about the substitution of one herb for another. Mm-hmm. But in our modern times, with the exception of endangered species, there isn't that much need to substitute when all the herbs are available and um, as I'm going to be showing to my um, patron supporters this in this month's box, where I'm sending out these antique herb catalogs. Those herbs have been available by mail order since the 1920s. All Hundreds of herbs, hundreds of them. So if someone says to you, use barberry, you just go and buy barberry. Mm -hmm. Why do you need something else? If someone says to you, use cascara sagrada, you just go buy it. So Mm -hmm. there is not a big excuse for making substitutes other than that you're not fully committed to the tradition. Or you may be a little short on cash. Well, yeah. what I was always taught by by my teachers growing up, if you're short on cash, just pray. Yeah. Don't don't I'm, buy any I'm products
2: of A lot of times, and I'm I'm not trying to be facetious to anyone out there, but a lot of times everybody's not like Lucky Mojo. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of times you go to these local candle shops. And I have seen this happen many, many times. They will go in there for maybe love work or, uh, or protection or money, and they will put the same oil on each candle. Mm-hmm. And then they'll not put no herbs, and then they'll put a little bit of glitter.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. they'll go wrong right
1: from the start. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yes, this is what we used to call green for green and brown for brown in honor of the man who first used that phrase with me, a man who who had a a fairly large store in Texas, and he was showing me his bins of herbs, and there was a bin for five-finger grass, and it was empty, and there was a bin for catnip, and it was full, and he just literally grabbed handfuls of catnip, threw it in the five-finger grass, and said, this is where we do green for green and brown for brown. Mm, mm. mm. I saw him do
3: I, it. I was, uh, I was just going to comment on what you said earlier about um, substitutions. I tell clients uh, necessity is acceptable, but laziness is not. If there's a necessity, mm-hmm. like you have to switch something out because you don't have it, you have to switch it out because you have money shortage, perfectly understandable, and you can do it. There's ways of doing it. If you understand what you're doing, for example, you know, you've been, if you're missing out on, say, John the Conqueror, but maybe you have Master Root, right? Then there's, mm-hmm. there's ways of working around it. What isn't acceptable is, la- is lazy. Right, where you have access to the material, you can get the material easily, you just have to wait for it a couple of days, right? But you're mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do this other thing because it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. That's just, now you're just being sloppy and lazy. I wanted to actually ask both of you, we've talked about why spells go wrong. Can we talk a little bit about um, how you tell when, when a spell has gone wrong? Is there a way to tell when your working is going wrong? Is there a way to pick up on it? Because I know you can, there's instances where you can just feel it, like, oh, something's off here, right? Something's off. But there are other ways you can tell that your spell's gone wrong before this sort of thing itself actually manifests. But are there ways and indications you can get that something has gone awry?
2: A lot of times I can tell, when, especially when I, I sit up there and I'm working with a client and I do another reading with them, and I'm saying, wait a minute, this is not right. There's something that you're not doing wrong because I work with my clients. I I put I send everything to them. I work here, they work here, we kinda collide together as one. And I'm like, No, you didn't do this or no because I'm I'm feeling something else is it's not going right. And so I'm seeing the difference of what's happening here and I'm like, okay, I have to call them right away because if I see something that it's not working right here, and I'm looking and I'm reading candles and I'm doing this and I'm not feeling it right, I call them right away because I know something that went wrong. Either they mm-hmm. didn't do what they were supposed to do, and then uh, and I can catch them every time. I then they say, but well, how did you know? I say, you forget who you call right? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all the time, and they, oh, okay, no, I didn't do this, and So, okay, then don't get on me when stuff ain't going. Right.
1: You know, you, you just pointed out two things. One of them is how you can tell by looking on your altar when things are going wrong with the client, but you also pointed out a second thing, which is that a really true root worker will often back up the work on their own altar and have the Client to be doing the contact work, the bath, the floor scrub, the touching the person, the sending the letter that's been dressed, dressing the bed sheets, whatever it may be. And many times spells go wrong, and the only sign we see is on our altar. We call the client, and it turns out they never did anything. They mm-hmm. said, well, I thought you were just, mm-hmm. you know, they, and you sent them the bath crystals, you sent them the herbs. Oh, well, I didn't really have time to, that, to do that. So having root work done by a professional really does take cooperation. It's like saying, just as an example, let's say you had a pain in your abdomen, and you go to a doctor, and your doctor says, you know, I think that you might have, um, you know, some, some problem with your digestion. Um, I'd like to put you on a diet that's a little different. You know, and um, and you don't take the diet, and you go, oh, he wasn't a good doctor. Well, meanwhile, it would be if the doctor was just had a little plastic toy doll and was like rubbing its belly and saying, okay, but get better, get better, get better. That wouldn't be working either. First of all, he's a doctor, not a magician, not a sorcerer, not a not a contra doctor. And number two, you're not playing ball, you're not doing the right thing either. So you have to kind of cooperate with your root doctor. And I'm so tired of these people who, uh, they call me once a week, you know, and they say, well, blah, 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 it's still bad or this is still happening and, this, your, you know, your candles aren't working for me. And I'm like, so did you take the bath? Oh, no, I haven't done that yet. Well, okay. Then later, if they have any sense, because I keep on hounding them about it, they'll call back and they say, you know, I took the bath and I felt so much better. I guess your candles were not any of any value at all. It was just the bath. And I'm like, just think,
4: if you had done the
1: bath while I was burning the candles, we could have had twice as good a result. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but some people are just not happy.
2: I had had a client a long time ago. And I I it it's a spell that I hate doing and was a death spell and I really hate doing that. So mm-hmm. anyway, I did it. And I already had told her before it even started that the her marriage was dead for fifteen years anyway, even though she put in thirty, her marriage had already been dead for a little over fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And the person that she wanted well, his mistress and his mistress, and the man was so in love with her well to make a long story short. I end up killing the mistress, and i really i hate i am sorry, I hate saying that and um, the woman died within six months of campus. It came from out of nowhere what mm. and and she died he her husband was with the mistress by her side. And she died on his birthday, and he went crazy. Mm-hmm. But the whole point was, I told her even if they broke up, or even if anything goes wrong, that he wasn't coming back to her. He mm-hmm. didn't, didn't believe me. Oh, you're not strong enough. Uh, you Well, I can't remove nobody more than dead. Right. That's
1: right. <laughs> okay. That's she right.
2: Still wasn't, she still wasn't satisfied
1: yeah i'm gonna there, there was a question here about there there was a question here about signs about um spells going wrong. And uh, Shiva has noted candle s- spells can explode, fracture, and catch fire. Candle holders mm-hmm. can crack, says Doc yes. Murphy. Mojo bags mm-hmm. can fall apart or get lost. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Shiva says mm-hmm. honey jar spells can fracture, fragment, and burn. Doc Murphy mm-hmm. says she put a paper in her shoe, didn't notice, and went into the tub with it. And um and I'm going to say another one is going to a graveyard and getting arrested for trespass is also a sign that the spell is getting to go south, go wrong.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are all very clear ones. If you set your altar on fire, <laughs> you've done something <laughs> wrong, right? <laughs> something has gone <laughs> to rise. It's,
1: it's not meant to be. Yeah. And
3: mm-hmm. But on, on the, the other, other hand...
1: People think uh, on the that. other hand, though, if you're on the other hand, though, let's say you do a love spell for your boyfriend to come back, and your 18 year old cat gets kidney failure, don't go mm-hmm. running to the Lucky Mojo forum and say my spell backfired. Now my cat has kidney yeah, failure yeah, yeah. because I did a, no. no, no, no. That was your cat getting kidney failure. You can't bundle everything together. But I see right, that happen yes. so often. Um, well,
3: that's that thinking, fear mentality, right?
1: Yeah, fear mentality. Unrelated, um, uh, co- you know, things that are coincidental, completely unrelated. Especially when it's an aged cat, and that that's an actual true one that actually happened. And so I said, well, let's do some work to get your cat's kidneys, uh, you know, disease under control. And then of course the boyfriend spell got kind of left in the lurch because the cat was actually more important than the boyfriend.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I t- I t- the other thing is that you what you bring in is going to determine how you see the signs. Remember, signs are extraordinarily subjective, and so if you don't, if you come in with that fear mentality, then you're going to only see those negative signs. I've had instances where I've instructed clients to burn candles, and I got very panicked messages of, "Oh my God, I saw no sign when I burned the candle. Is that a bad sign that I saw nothing?"
4: Oh I was like, yeah, saw
3: those signs? and I'm like, oh, the all the the candle left nothing behind. I'm like, that is a sign itself. <laughs> your candle <laughs> burns clear. It's beautiful. That's <laughs> good. Don't worry. Yeah. So you, this is that's that confused intention, right? You go in there, your mind is kind of confused. You don't kind of know what you want. You're not quite clear. You're also in a state, the attitude of fear that even things like a candle burning clear for you is like, oh, that must be a bad sign because I didn't get any sign.
1: Mm -hmm. I I, want to wrap this up with one other thing if the spell goes bad Mm -hmm. while you're doing it if you said all the wrong words and then realized you've really done wrong or you lit the wrong color candle on the wrong day Mm -hmm. or the candle glass cracked should you give up or start over and I tell people Clean the altar, clean yourself, clean everything, refocus and start over. But I know people who will just kinda of switch in midstream. What about you guys? Do you like them to start over or do you say just carry on?
4: It, well it first of all. How bad we, it is.
1: Yeah. First of
2: all, if uh, before my clients do any work, I make them take a spiritual bath for two days. One mm-hmm. to take off any negativity that before they start, and the other one to bring positive energy to them, to their work. That's always a mm-hmm. because then that way they're starting with a clean temple. And that's yeah, body. but I'm
1: asking a different question, and we're going to run out of time. If okay. they screw it up, should they start over or just keep going? That's the question. Start over. Start over. How about how about you, Ollie? What do you say? It it really depends on how bad it is. If it's like a
3: minor thing, keep going. If it's like you've spilled,
1: stop, cleanse,
3: wash your hands with the Florida water, start again.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at. If you if you've made a mess, start again. All yeah. right, there's our music. So thank you, thank you, Miss Robin. This was a wonderful panel discussion. I enjoyed it a lot. If uh, she's going to come back with a Free spell later. And now we're going to have um, our first client brought to us by Evan Lionheart.
0: Absolutely.
1: Stay tuned.
0: The Lucky Mojo Hulu Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood, Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Ms. Robin. We'll be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic counter practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystal now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our clients our client is calling from area code 206 and goes by the name liz b are you there liz hello hi how are you thank you so much for giving us a call today um, oh, I'm it appears good. as per your excellent um it appears as per your entry uh you have not had a reading on this situation you have had a reading privately though uh, with another reader in November of last year. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Actually, I just looked it up, and I, I had a reading with Kat in January. It just felt like last November. <laughs> it's it's about <laughs> a uh,
2: lovely
0: pandemic timeline that we're all on <laughs> right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for clarifying. I'm going to go ahead and read your synopsis. And it seems Liz writes, I have a lot on my plate right now, career-wise, several business ventures, and I don't usually have a ton of time or energy to date around. After my last relationship ended, I want to know if I was going to attract or have much luck in dating. I don't date often, and I rarely find a connection, but I would like to start attracting healthy partners that are well-suited to me if the timing is right. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat.
1: All right. Well, since I did a reading for you fairly recently, what I'm going to do is have Ollie do your first reading. Ms. Robin, do your second reading. And then I'm going to come back and give you some root work advice based on their readings, okay?
3: So I'm going to turn this over to
1: ContraMan.
3: Thanks, uh, Kat. Just a quick question. What sign of the zodiac are you? Gemini. Gemini. Okay, so not surprising that you have so many things going on, uh, Mm -hmm. and you've got your plate full. That's a very Gemini thing to say. I have pulled three cards here, and the cards are interesting. They're all pentacle cards. So they tell us right off the bat that there's a lot of focus here on on the business ventures that you've got on, on the focus where your mind is focused around the kind of multiple plates that you're spinning. The first card mm-hmm. is the Eight of Pentacles. And the Eight of Pentacles is quite literally the work card. This is an image of a, a carpenter or a master smith or an artisan or a craftsman who is working on these pentacles on a bench and then putting them up on display while there is another one on the floor by them. This is an indication that where your focus is at is where your success will be. If most of your focus and energy is around this business venture, then the thing that will fall to the wayside will be the relationship, and that's the coin that's kind of been tossed on the side. That's not to say that you can't have it. The coin is there the coin is very clear, indicating that there's, there may be some potential people there, but your mind is focused elsewhere. And so there's going to be a need to kind of open you up, to help kind of bring your mind and heart so that you're ready for making a real, sincere connection. And that really speaks to our next card, which is the uh, Four of Pentacles, known as the Little King or the Miser King. This is a person who is clinging and holding on to the coin, uh, one in his chest, one on his head and two under his feet. In many ways, if we see this as a sort of continuation of the Eight of Pentacles, here you are working hard at what you're doing, you've got these really cool business ventures going, your attention is there, and the fear is that if you kind of take your attention away from it, you might lose what you've got going on. You might lose yeah. the success that's there, right? You might lose, oh, if I, if I take time away to focus on love and connection, what will happen to my business ventures? What will happen for all the success that I have been striving for? But here's the thing that the the miser king doesn't quite understand. You can't clutch money. Money must be allowed to flow. And it's the same thing with success and it's the same thing with love. Your success is not going to go away just because you open your heart towards love. But just because you focus a little bit and say, hey, maybe I'm looking for a little bit of dating, a little bit of excitement, or maybe I want to make a connection. But that's not immediately going to take away or definitively take away in any way, shape, or form from what you've built up and what work that you have done. The final card that we get is the Six of Pentacles. And the Six of Pentacles shows us a powerful, rich person who is successful, and they're doling out coins to poor people or beggars who are uh, down below, and they're holding the scale above. And so what I see here is that, yeah, you will get attention. You will start, if you start dating, you'll start to get them attention. You'll start to, it sort of will mm-hmm. become a sort of trickle your way. The problem is that you will be unable to make a very serious connection, a serious and sincere bond with someone because you're so focused elsewhere. The energy is elsewhere. And so what will happen is that you're kind of giving your partial power. This is the coins that are being handed out. Yeah, you'll give it there, but it's never truly sustaining for you. And so what's needed here is not just love magic to attract. You're going to need work that opens up your heart, love work that says, I'm ready. It puts the neon sign up and says, I'm ready for business love-wise. I'm willing and my heart's open. What happens will happen. And I'm ready for what comes my way. Without the fear that if you do that, it'll take away from everything that you've already built up. You're a Gemini. Don't worry about that. You can do 20 things at once and you'll be stretched thin and you'll still thrive. (laughs) <laughs> you're a mercurial sign. You all can do it. You'll be fine, I swear. Uh, so don't be afraid. You've got a lot going. Yes, you have a lot of things on your plate, but you don't need to pick one or the other, in other words, is what I'm saying. The cards are telling us that you can have your cake and eat it, too. Success is not doesn't need to be defined in such limited ways. That's what I see here for you. You'll definitely start having some dates, but open up that heart, and you'll start to make that sincere connection. We're going to turn this over to Ms. Robbins, who's going to do your next reading, and then Ms. Kat will give you some group work advice.
2: Okay, what I see is on my pendulum, and it says that we will return to you, but it's going to be at a slow pace. It's not going to be something that's going to happen very fast. It's something that's going to take a while because right now you're not ready for it because when I turned over the first card, it was the world and it was in a reverse position. That means that your world is kind of shaky, but you're still being ambitious and trying to move forward, but it's just a little shaky right now. But keep on going forward and moving towards your destination. The second card that I picked was the death card. That means things are going to be ending, but it means that a cycle is going to be ending, but things are going to be moving still forward mm-hmm. for you. So uh, another thing is if you want something for your, um, to be put together is to put something and to create a, a, a mate out of the universe by putting what you want in a mate and what you don't want in a mate. So you do a okay. pro and cons list. And then that way you can know what you want and what you don't want. And then what you don't want, you tear away from you and you burn it. And then the things that you do want, you bring it to you. You put you some comfortable powder and put it in your uh, your uh, drawer that you have your undergarments in or you put it under your pillow. Okay, I'm through. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you. All right. That. Well, um, I'm here to give the root work. Uh, Miss Robin gave you an abbreviated version of a, a cut and clear spell, which is a, a very good type of spell to use. I was going to go with a different kind of spell work. You can do them both. And okay. um, what I was looking at was all these coin cards, and uh, that uh, man got uh, the death card. Not so good. The world card, and I believe she said it was reversed, a little shaky, she said, so i'm going to focus on these these coin cards. Okay. What I interpret from this is that you may well find yourself able to meet a suitable mate through business there's a There's a nice idea here that um in looking around at the people with whom you do business. Uh, You're not seeing somebody who may offer love. The four of coins, the little king, uh, he always has that extra coin above his head. He's not quite aware of it, you know. The eight of pentacles is the guy who keeps on working, keeps on working, but he has to really face, you know, putting himself on display, right? And so I want you to start using coins, literal coins, Um, Or it could be some form of token that is in the business that you are in. Um, The other card, the Six of Pentacles, is the guy who gives out coins to the poor. So let me ask you, what is the business that you have?
0: Uh, One is a brick-and-mortar shipping business, and the other one is a a family business with my
1: sister where we make candles. Oh, you make candles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to... Yeah, and the other one is a, a a brick and mortar. You said shipping business. Yeah. Okay. In the shipping business, I'd like you to um, wherever things are shipped, um, try to put together something you can send out that maybe looks like a business card, but it has some sort of circular logo or design that looks like a coin. It can even be you know you know shipping bucks or whatever you want to call it. Send it to everybody, mm-hmm. but each one of them, I want you to. Kiss it. Kiss it and put Mm -hmm. it in the box with whatever you're shipping. I want you to send it out. In the candle um, world, are you making figural candles or glass candles? Uh, Glass candles for now. I'm hoping for figure candles in the future. Okay. So if you're making glass candles, you know that at the bottom of those glass candles there are disks or squares that hold the wick. You know what I'm talking about?
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: All right. I'd like you to make up a, um, a way of praying over those. we are going to represent the coins. If you have the circular, some are square, some are circular. If you have the circular ones, that's nice. Um, but otherwise, you can also make a line of candles with a coin in them. I want you to start sending coins out into the world, but every coin shall have touched your body, your heart, and be given as a gift to the world, and it will come back to you mm-hmm. with someone attached to it. Um, You can use, as as I said, coin-shaped things, uh, circular Mm -hmm. glitter, um, anything like that. But I find it very useful to give, and that's the fastest way to get things spread around. Give and pray. Um, You may pray uh, Psalms 45 for love. You can just pray Mm -hmm. Psalms 23 for the blessings of all you want but how to bless those coins if you want to you could make a little oil uh you know blend for them it might be some come to me oil okay. um and some love me oil something of that nature attraction oil that would be good for business as well as for love and oh, yeah. uh make sure that everybody who gets these candles knows that they have come from the heart maybe and put a circle with a heart in it and say you know made with love um Tell the world that you 're looking for a lover in the many subtle ways you have a very easy task because you 're already distributing things like on that six of yeah. Pentacles all right so if you if you do that you 'll you 'll reach the most possible people now I would also use those same oils and stuff and make some baths for yourself um, and Light a white candle. I always use a white candle for new love. But you could use Mm -hmm. um, a a pink candle if you wanted to. Be a little flirtatious um, with your customers because uh, you'll attract somebody, and they'll be the right person because they'll be coming to you from the world of magic where you work and live. If it's through the shipping business, you can be flirtatious, but you're going to get a different kind of person. So you have to decide what you want. As a Gemini, um, you can find that you can change up your way of working as often as you want. Geminis are the changeable ones. So if you find that um, um, burning a candle for love, for instance, you can go on YouTube and say, I make these candles and this is my company and here I am, and put on your prettiest self, you know, and then say, you know, "I, I... I put love into every candle because I know what it means to be without love. In fact, I'm looking for love right now, and there'll be a path to your door. And I tell you this is true because way back in 1994, I put such a thing on my webpage when I just had started my webpage, just saying, you know, if you click this link, you might find out more about me. It's still up there, um, but boy was I beset with offers. And... um, (laughs) They were genuine offers. I did. I just, you know, advertisement for myself, as the saying goes. I just said, you know, um, I in in very subtle, nice ways. I said, you know, I like to fuck. Um, Come get me, you know. I said it more nicely than that, but I, uh, you know, I I disguised it a little bit more. And they had to click a link. I mean, they had to actually click the links and find out what was going on. And uh, it's funny because I was just talking with my husband. Uh, he was saying, Yeah, he, he remembered those and he was thinking about them just now and that he Aww. was one of the men who was attracted to those um links. So, yeah, give out give out gifts to the poor but also state your needs and and desires, you know, just write out. Just write out. Um It was called my um My Outer Levels. What was it called? My outer levels, my That's inner so levels, my actually deep read levels. The- I swear I read those like a, a week and a half ago when I was just thinking around on your page. There's uh-huh. like three levels. There's three yeah. levels
0: to it and it's innermost level, outer level, something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you say so you read it too. I probably yeah. a million people <laughs> have read that, but that's what brought me love. I'm just telling you the truth. You know, um, mm-hmm. as it says it as it says um, you know, knock and uh, it shall be opened unto you. You know, and if you ship anything, and if you sell to people, you have a built-in form of transporting your desire. You're not an anchorite living in a little, uh, you know, monastery cell in northern Egypt in the Middle Ages. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're out there on the internet. Mm-hmm. Get yourself out there. All right. Well, does yeah. anyone else have anything to add to this? Well, I was
2: thinking that she can use some of that. Come to me powder, uh, all those little mm-hmm. circles that she sent out there, as she, you know, sending them out, mm-hmm. getting the energy out.
1: That's a yeah. that's a great way. Come to me is good. Look me over, is another mm-hmm. one. You can make a custom blend of come to me, look me over, attraction, and um, you know whatever you know oh, things you like that. It. Love me, mm-hmm.
4: and, and powder me your it.
1: boxes. Follow me, boy, is a good one. If that's if you want a boy, follow me, girl. If you want a girl, um, yeah, that's that's really a great way to do it. Um, and you know, I I in, in my past when I was looking, I certainly used business cards that way. I always used business cards um, for uh, both to attract more money and to attract uh, affection and love. You know, So so. Dr. Sweets in the chat said, what's the link? I would like to see it just for fun. Maybe <laughs> Nagashiva can look up that link and put it up there for the three Except different things. It's on the main page at the very bottom of the page. Yeah, I, he knows where it yeah. is. He just has to be <laughs> reminded to put the link up. <laughs> so I wish you all the best. As I was taught, um, you know, uh, cast your bread upon the waters and it will return to mm-hmm. you. In other words, send things, mm-hmm. send your love out into the world. I'll tell you little levels that I put up there. I got mm-hmm. a, a, a man from Munich, Germany, who was willing to fly and meet me, just by, by based on those, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And he was like, you're wonderful, you're beautiful. I'm like, <laughs> "You're you're in Germany, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, so can I say yeah. one thing, Kat? Yeah. If, if she follows that little thing that you did, and she gets a great man like Nakashiba,
1: she's a winner already. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and look at and look at you. I love Once that. you stop, once you stopped setting my shop on fire, you <laughs> found Jay. <laughs> I'll tell you, the best love spells come from happy root workers, right? Yes, they do. We know we know how to 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 get that. All right. Well, Liz, we hope for the best for you, both in business and in love. They can go Thank hand you. in hand. Put yourself on display. Accept that which is given. All right. Um, All the best. Now. And uh, here comes our music. And we're going to move on to the next segment of our show, which is the alchemical, electrical, triangulated, radar-directed radio schedule announcement.
3: at 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
0: And now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Miss Robin of com in Northern California. Take it away, Miss Robin.
2: Well, the one that I had for everybody was the uh if you want to get uh if you had a honey jar and if you had a honey jar and you wanted to get rid of it to sit up there pour the contents of the honey jar either in a rose bush or a jasmine plant uh then take the jar put it in a red flannel bag break the jar and then put it in the recycle, because you always want to recycle things. So you want to recycle your love back out there so you can get some new love to come back to you.
1: All right. Now, this can be used if a honey jar um, goes bad in the sense that it's somebody that you don't want, or if you found out you were using that honey jar inappropriately. In other words, you were using that honey jar and you were trying to use it to um, get rid of your ex-boyfriend's baby mama. you know, And that was an inappropriate use. And someone says, get rid of that honey jar. So that's a good way to do it. And um, putting it under a rose is beautiful. Jasmine also, beautiful sweet plant, and that it will... Um, move it along and I love what you said about recycling the glass because it's like recycling your love that's that's really nice um, I'm going to talk about a couple of other ways to undo a spell that's gone wrong or that's expired um, one of the most common ways is to burn it and you can burn it depending on what the spell is made of or how it's made a doll, perhaps a petition paper whatever it may be you can um build a campfire and roast it over the campfire like a marshmallow, and you can also take a charcoal tablet, put some incense on it, and um and then burn the objects up on the charcoal tablet. Some people will add a little bit of Florida water and uh, to make it burn better, you know, like soak the doll baby in a little Florida water and throw it on the fire. Uh, there's uh, many ways to burn something. If you burn it, you can do what Conjurman always says, which is then to crush it and re-burn it and crush it and re-burn it until mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. reduced to powdered ash. Boy, mm-hmm. this is the Conjurman way, right? Am I right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's so true. I'm a big believer of ashes upon ashes, if you
1: will. Yeah, <laughs> ashes, that's to ashes to ashes. To ashes. <laughs> and then you have a choice on what to do with those ashes. You can take them to a graveyard and bury them and just say let it be dead let the spell be dead mm-hmm. or you can take the ashes to a crossroads and scatter them in all directions and say let this harmlessly go into the whole world and just bother nobody ever again or if it was a love spell and you decided you didn't love the person, let it go harmlessly in the world and bring love to everyone and another way to get rid of ashes is just to go to a windy hilltop and throw them into the air But Be sure you stand downwind so that those ashes don't come smash you in the face. And um, that's a, you know, lick your finger, hold your finger in the air, figure Mm -hmm. out which way the wind is blowing, and throw the ashes the way the wind is blowing, okay? Um, Another way to uh, get rid of a spell that you don't like is to throw it into running water. And you can put it in a river. Um, You can put it in a bottle with a little hole in the bottle lid and just throw it in the river and let it go downstream and sink. You can throw it in Mm -hmm. the ocean when the tide is going out. Um, Onyx Rose says, there seems to be a lot of psychology and thought that goes into this. Yes, both psychology and uh, the world of um, mechanics Mechanics Mm -hmm. is important in disposing of a thread. So what Ms. Robin said about recycling the glass makes so much sense, you see. People will also say, well, if you did a spell and it really went bad and you really didn't like what was happening, you can flush it down the toilet. Well, be careful. You don't want to plug Mm -hmm. up your plumbing with that spell, right? That would be not so good. So be careful it will go down the toilet. Um, and also be careful it won't um, pollute the waters or whatever. I mean, you're yeah. not put in something toxic, especially if you have a septic system. So always think yeah. of these things through.
3: Yeah. The symbolism here is super important. I tell people if they're going to dispose of something that didn't work out, um, running water is your best friend. Natural running water is your best friend in particular. So a vinegar jar. So we've talked about honey jars. But what happens if you've done a vinegar jar on a person and you're like, oops, this thing is not going well. I need to just get rid of it. I would just automatically dispose of it by throwing it away. If you're trying to undo it because some type of damage has been done, take it to Mm -hmm. a running water, take it to a river, open that vinegar jar, wash it out in the river, and then dispose of the jar. You can recycle it or throw it in the water, whichever you prefer. But there is a process of undoing it. You want to take off that cap. Wash it out in that clear water, which will take away all the work that's been done. Then come home, wash your hands in some Van Van, and put it behind you. But it is important that you don't just just bury. You do undo the work because you don't want to keep that around. This is only, to be clear, if you're wanting to undo the vinegar jar. You're not deploying it. You're undoing it mm-hmm. so in the same same way that the honey jar didn't work out. This vinegar didn't work out. So you're going to now undo that particular working. So running water is a really strong ally. The crossroads are a really strong ally. These are all really powerful ways of helping to kind of deal with spells that have gone awry. But I'm a big fan of take that thing out to the to the river and wash it in the river. Let the spirit. The river I got
1: it. I got to jump in on that. I got to jump in on that vinegar. If you want to destroy the spell, put baking soda in the vinegar. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So you have an old big cast iron cauldron. You've got the vinegar jar and you put the mm-hmm. baking soda in it. Just, <laughs> it just foams all I up
3: would, inside. It'll help clean out your cast iron hole.
1: cauldron right and you can <laughs> yeah. then you can take that whole thing down to the river so there are many uh many ways to undo a spell with its opposite yeah, yeah.
4: Yep. fire yep.
1: spells Absolutely. uh candle spells can be put out if you if you're burning a freestanding candle or even just a glass candle though that's a little more risky because you might crack the glass but if you're burning a freestanding mm-hmm. candle and you don't like what's going on just take it and turn it upside down into a stainless steel bowl full of water yeah. <laughs> you yeah. put Fire kills water, right? Water kills fire. So if you have something that is moist and wet, add lighter fluid to it or Florida water and set it on fire, right? Because um, fire kills water. Water kills fire. It's like that old paper, rock, scissors thing, you know. Wrapping it up, tying it up, putting it away, those are all ways to get rid of a spell that has gone wrong. Phew! fantastic <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, as Sniper as, um, as Shiva wrote, chemistry, physics, <laughs> science at play. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's bring in Evan. He's going to give us our ending announcements, and then we're all going to come back and say goodbye. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Ms. Kat and Conjuring.
0: And thank you, Ms. Robin of robinsmojo.com in Northern California for being our guest this week. Join us next week. For a very special or a very special oracle hour when our guest will be Stuart palm on pendulum reading the lucky mojo hoodoo root Work hour was brought to you by the lucky mojo curio company in forestville california you can find this cat via the lucky mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com and conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in mission viejo california i'm your announcer evan Linehart, joining you from EvanLinehart.com in new jersey the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live at Block Talk, on Block Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.
1: Thank you, Evan. And um, everybody, remember, the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival 2021 is now in the planning phases. Ms. Robin, who has been our guest, is on the committee to get this thing on the road, and she's working very hard on it. Other people are Deacon Millet and Lady Muse. So tickets will go on sale in May, The, the the festival page will start being updated starting April 1st and tickets go on sale May 1st and um, Miss Mikel is also in, on that committee and I forgot to mention her. Please forgive me Miss Michael. So we're all working very hard to get this thing done and um, we look forward to talking more about the festival as time goes by and um, I guess that's about it for me I'm going to go back to work writing my book and sending my Advances to my patrons. So, goodbye. 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 Ta-ta.